Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to Rollery's podcast. You know the drill by now. We pod when we want. Um, when I say we, Raj has actually made something of his life and gone on and become successful. Um, and he doesn't need he doesn't need this anymore. He doesn't need that ego crutch, the validation <laughs> that's brought from just spouting ether into into the world. But uh, thankfully, I found somebody else that. Does need it like I do. <laughs> uh, need the therapy, mate, as much as I can get. In a, in a, especially after this weekend as well. Spooky, um, if, as if anyone didn't know. But uh, hello, how you doing, mate? Yeah, um, I'm okay. Um, That's not allowed. That's not allowed, mate. All right, <laughs> this is my show. All right, mate. I got you on here for a DT <laughs> troops type thing, right? That's, oh. <laughs> Okay, I get. I did. I should have read the the, the, the memo. To be fair, we need no, numbers, not, all right, I'm mate. Not, <laughs> I'm not all right, all right, but I'm. I, I guess I'm accepting of our current state because, for the first time in a long time, I was cautious. I mean, we've spoken about this before, and I've been quite vocal about it on 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 Twitter. I kind of knew there was something not quite right with the the appointment, and you know, it was a big clue, really. We couldn't make our minds up what we wanted uh, in terms of manager. We ended up with the only person that was left standing. Um, so I was very cautious. You know, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to do the normal spooky thing where I'm going to sacrifice everything and, and, and pile everything to faith and belief and, you know, give him time that, you know, all these kind of uh, don't look at the evidence type of things. I think in the past there was a bit of evidence you could play with. There's not much evidence from Nuno, you know. The in fact, the only evidence is damning. That he doesn't quite know how to handle himself at a club like Tottenham Hotspur. Um, it's it's funny, isn't it? Because like you say there, I I guess I kind of well, cause you just you don't want to start it right. You, if you if you've got a new manager in, you don't just want to think, well, this isn't going to work, and then just look for that kind of confirmation bias. Straight away, you know, in pretty much everything that happens, you think, well, he's going to be here for two years, maybe. So let's just focus on the on the positives, and you sort of throw back to like you know Wolves of two, three years ago. You throw back to the Europa League run when you kind of think like you know they were a nasty side to play against. They were well drilled. Um, they looked kind of like they were all bought into something. They they kind of almost looked like a sort of mini version of Pochettino's Tottenham or I think at the time I sort of likened them more to like a, a Yol Tottenham you know it was kind of like mm. right they've mm. suddenly turned a corner and they look they're not a top side yet but they look exciting and they're definitely the sort of team that can beat anyone in the league on their day anyone at all um, but like you say it's kind of ignoring the last 18 months of that Nuno reign though which was Probably, a, you know, similar to the end of Pochettino's reign at Tottenham. Just yeah. a bit disjointed. People not really buying it anymore. Him looking kind of dejected, not particularly happy. Um, 
And it, it is yeah. difficult though because it's um you know to go back to the whole caution thing, what I'm what I mean by that is that I simply wasn't going to just align myself with one way thinking and just accept it yeah. and, and be completely positive and, and happy clappy and, and ignore all the rough stuff, right? I I was cautious because I did not warm to him instantly. He doesn't look like he's our manager. He, I still have problems when I see him in press conferences and on the dugout. It, it's like my brain catches up. It's like a deja vu thing. It just catches up with itself. It's like, oh, yeah, 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 he's our manager. Um, and you know part of me feels like i'm knee jerking it's been a handful of games he he had to deal with the harry kane thing he's had to deal with players not being fit and ready and available and he still arguably doesn't have a proper team to select from however you still need to see something that kind of anchors him into what he needs to achieve over time even pochettino losing a couple of games in, in, in his opening nine or ten against West Brom and Newcastle and whomever else, you know, you still saw enough there and you knew enough of what to expect from uh, his time at Southampton that just give it some time. The other the other issue is Pochettino arriving didn't have, wasn't following on from what Pochettino achieved. No, it's like Poch, he created the expected the expected expectancy rather he created the expectation get the words out properly um that that we now kind of thrive off and that is we overachieved to the point where we were underachieving so he got us to the point where we were competing and suddenly it was like well hold on a minute we're not underdogs we're contenders go the extra mile and we didn't as a football club still... and now everything gets compared to that and i think nuno comes in that's the comp- that's the comparison immediately and after a handful of games it's not enough but you know north london derby i mean jamie carragher i don't tend to agree with that guy often but he's <laughs> the way he broke down the opening few minutes of uh, of, of the game is devastating Do you know what i mean the midfield was just non-existent and it's I'm knee-jerking, mate. I think... I I I don't know, mate. This is... See, because I would say... Obviously, it was very emotional. I had a bit to drink and stuff watching the derby. Oi, oi. He says, does I not drink? But um, (laughs) I'd had a bit to drink. And, you know, it's just... You're kind of... You're watching your hopes and dreams get smashed to pieces in front Mm. of you. Um, Mm. And so, you know, my, my sort of stance at that point was like, he's got to go. Like he's just it's been three nil against Palace, three nil against Chelsea. We're gonna lose Christ by Christ knows how many here. Because um, at that point, I was thinking, fucking hell, this could be five or six. Yeah, this, yeah, this is a yeah. this is a horrible afternoon. Like this is. Yeah. I'm is, shocked. Mm. It was just three one in the end. This actually says more about them lot not really being that good. Well, um, us making us this, us making them look world class in and, in. in, in and that's kind of one of the travesties about it, isn't it? I mean, I don't... Yeah, all right, it's fun to have a kind of poke at them celebrating a cup final. I don't really care about that. I think fair enough to them. Like, we've beaten them so many times the past few years. Um, and like I was sort of saying at the time, they've set us as the lowest rung on the ladder, as in, like, Christ, we're not even beating Tottenham anymore. So I guess it's sort of symbolic for them that they've managed to turn us over very convincingly. But mm. like you say there, you know... If it were anyone else, I would say I don't want to take anything away from them, but because it's Arsenal, I'll quite happily do so. Um, <laughs> that we were just, we were a shambles. And, I, you know, like you say, you're not getting anything from Nuno. And I think the, the thing that's most worrying for me, really, is that whether or not it's a poor reflection on them, and I think it is personally, um, and I think there's a lot of this squad that I would just happily see the end of now, like, completely. But they just don't seem to be having him. Like the players just don't seem to be having him. And for it to be this early into the season, into his tenure, and for it to look like it's the end of his Wolves tenure already. Like he's been here three years and they're not playing for him. He looks like he's out of ideas already. He looks dejected. He's kind of, 
He's short in his press bits and things he has here and there. I mean, to be fair, he's never been classically that warm. So that's maybe, again, looking for something that's not entirely there. But either way, something is just not right there. And, you know, I, I sort of I, I tweeted out at the time saying, like, you know, just take him out of the picture. Just cut our losses now. It's, it's, it's very Santini for me. Put, put Mason back in charge again for a bit and just wait for something... And it doesn't even have to be Pochettino because, you know, whatever, it would be lovely, whatever, it's a dream, it's this and that. But you can't spend your whole life living in the past and hoping for him to come back. Yeah, I, do, exactly. I, I, I do, on a on a, on a a very emotional sort of whatever personal level, he's given us some of the best times, if not the best times as a Spurs fan. Of course you want to sort of think one day maybe Pochettino can come back, but not to the detriment of the club as it, is, as it exists now, you know? You can't, you can't, you have to live in the present. Um, but... When I sort of said this, I, I kind of got this uh, bite back of like, whoa, you, you think Mason's going to be any better than this? And probably, yeah, because I, I kind of feel like there's going to be less expectation there for us to just a bit more freedom for us to play. And I, I'm not saying by any stretch of the imagination that I want that, like, as in I actually really actively want Ryan Mason in charge of the club. I don't, but I just see it as an actual true stopgap. Because to me, it just it's weird to bring in somebody externally like we've done with Nuno, and just proposition it so clearly as a stopgap like this. Because, mm-hmm. and especially for a manager who, as we've heard of in the past, demands a lot from his players. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I don't think that's a bad thing on his part. But when he's kind of whatever double sessions or trying to get the players into this kind of work hard, chase everything, you know, you need two hearts and four lungs kind of football. <laughs> are they going to buy into that for a guy that the club have so publicly spent a whole summer whittling through a list to get to this guy and then only give him like two years anyway? Like it's all of it. The whole thing is, it just feels like a mess. Um, I don't know if there's anything you want to pick out of from yeah, there, no, that but, rambling. But it, no, 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 but, it, but every, everything you've said is, is, is pretty much spot on. Look, I mean, first of all, th- there are people that are going to say, oh, we predicted this. I, you know, we told you Fabio was shit, uh, the players we bought were shit, the manager was shit, Levy shit. Okay, that's great. But the, these, these people specifically say that about the chairman and any given manager and most of the players every single season. So well done for getting something right when you're predicting it constantly. Um, I, I like to believe and have faith and, and look ahead and think positively because fundamentally I want to be enjoying my escapism, one of my many mm. escapisms. But th- but this is obviously the one that that binds me with with yourself, with with the fighting cock lads and, and and a whole host of people that I've met through social media. It's, I think about Tottenham every single day. You know, it's mad how much time it consumes. So I want to be happy, right? I'm also uh, a balanced human being. I, I I completely appreciate you can go through some rough patches, and we've done that a lot as a football club. I think it's just something we're cursed with, or just just the way we are. We're not a team that kind of builds a dynasty and then dominates for ten years. We've never been that. Uh, we're, we're the cup kings that n- no longer win cup, basically. I mean, that's just our, just who we are. So I want to give Nuno a chance, even though he did. I, I I only started warming to him in 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 when I started paying attention to his press conferences at the start of the season during the preseason. Um, but it still felt odd. And y- you're bang on. You know, this is an emergency interim kind of damage limitation start getting the deadwood out the club start bringing in the players that are going to form a longer term project and regardless of who's going to come in it will fit the type of manager uh, that the squad will fit that, that that type of manager because the club will be looking for a specific type of manager now the irony here is that we were looking at offensive minded managers and Fabio's appointed and then he, he goes the other direction so already there's a conflict, you know. I hate talking about DNA and all this shit. There's no such thing as Tottenham DNA, really. We are who we make ourselves in the moment, and 
but, but it's, it's conflicting what Levy has said. And Levy himself is a, is a ball of contradictions because, you know, he broke character for the first time in years, done that little weird interview thing that was very scripted. And it was and painful, spoke. wasn't it? Yeah, it, and it just felt like a PR propaganda type thing. Like, let, let, let me just try and control the mess that I've created. It, it, I doubt, maybe for the first time, actually, I was going to say I doubt he realises the mess, but I think for the first time he does realise that. And maybe it's just an influence off the back of the pandemic. I mean, just, what, that, just picking up on what you touched on there, like, dare I say, it was, it was almost reminiscent of the Prince Andrew interview, wasn't it? This kind of like, yeah. I can say whatever <laughs> I want here because, I don't know, it just was so revealing of somebody that just lives in a bit of a bubble that that thinks that, People are just that gullible. I, I, I don't know. And I, 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 he is like that, though. Like, in, in terms of what... what um, I'm not calling him a someone... nonce, by the way. <laughs> well, neither, neither of them sweat. I mean, I've never seen Daniel Levy sweat. And he's the type of person who, who he genuinely is so uh, kind of single-minded, focused, um, um, probably a narcissist to a degree. He's just... You don't get in the position that he gets into in life by being a nice bloke or not making hard decisions. And, and but I think we we know this about him. He's completely the right person to run the the kind of financial aspect of a football club in terms of what he's achieved, what he's created. Yeah, it's been um, a long time coming building the stadium, uh, but he's still done that, and he, and he's turned the cl- club into like a a billion dollar uh, entity you know and some right and he's future proofed the the revenue this club will make and it's just that next step when do we actually get to see that money being spent on players when do we get the team and the squad as, as the vocal point for everything we, we we never quite get there we're always we're always basically saying oh we're really lucky to what to have what we have let's celebrate that but not go that extra step like under Pochettino Pochettino was appointed basically in in many ways as damage limitation for the, the stadium rebuild bring someone in who develop youth players kind of get you know the new philosophy going it could distract uh all the, the fans if we're playing good football I don't think he ever expected us to do what we did and and instead of consolidating just thinking in the moment, the best thing I can do is elevate this this squad and manager further, protect what I've got. But it wasn't about that. It was just about saying, this is great. It worked. I mean, but, the, the, but, the, the problem with it, mate, is that and you can't help but escape from it. You know, the kind of the wake of the 16-17 season and just the, the gradual kind of decay of the team going into 1780 yeah. and, and beyond is, is there is, there is so that to me, honestly, that to me is probably the, the finest point of leaving. Cause I'm, I, I'm forever kind of not even on the fence. I flip flop on him so much because there's a lot of stuff I see said about him. That is, I just think is bollocks, you know, like, like you, like you sort of touched on there. The, the fact he sort of safeguarded, the financial security of the club, the the profile of the club now versus what it was when they came in. You can't deny that there's been a positive effect on the on the club. Whether whether or not you fully like it, you know, maybe you don't like the new stadium, hmm. and I get that. But whatever, you know, in terms of modern football, football as a business, and even to be honest, what we're doing on the pitch. I know people will always beaters with that stick of well he's won next to nothing under his tenure just i just find that so disingenuous we we can't we can't ignore the fact that tottenham hotspur have been in title races tottenham hotspur have been champions league you know pretty much regulars um for at least half his tenure and that tottenham hotspur got to a champions league final like it, it, it that that is, I know it's something that will be laughed at, but those almost are sort of trophies in their own regard. That sounds ridiculous, but, you know, it's... It, they were touching on this on the Athletic Pod. I'll just sort of nick their point, basically. Danny Kelly was saying that, you know, if you look at the Premier League, you have no right 
to win anything. Like there are, there's at least 10 clubs there that are probably 10 of the richest clubs in the face of the planet. You know, mm. winning stuff in England is very, very hard. Um, but with that in mind, what I just think my, my sort of defining kind of point on Levy where I'm just like, you fucked it, mate. Like for all your hard work, you fucked it. Was mm. was that that kind of that not not building on that position of strength? As one of my friends said to me at one point, he said, "You know, it, it, we had it there. There was a probably once in a lifetime. I hate to say it, but yeah, probably a once in a lifetime opportunity for Tottenham Hotspur to win the lot. We we probably could have won the lot." with a few smart buys and just adding to that squad in the right way. Obviously, this is conjecture. We can't say that's for definite, but I think we all know how that squad was in 16-17. And in, in the year before, in the Leicester year, okay, we didn't we didn't get there over the line and whatever. We finished third in the two-horse race, but still, it was a magnificent team, a magnificent squad the next year. The sentiment, the feeling, everything around it, it was primed there for us to do it. And in the same way that Liverpool capitalised and won the lot, we could have done it. I'm, and yeah. it was just that moment that I, I just, you just can't get out of, you can't, I, I understand it. He's a, he's a methodical man. He's a businessman. He is always thinking about the future. He's, he is thinking about like safeguarding things. He doesn't want to throw, throw away, shall I say, a load of money um, when he is thinking about kind of building the stadium and all this stuff. But, at the end of the day, like like we were saying there with Nuno at the start, we live in the here and now. It's a football club. It's based on results, on what happens on the pitch. You can't say like, oh, well, let's just throw away this potential, you know, Champions League or Premier League winning side because maybe in 10 years' time, once the stadium's generating enough revenue, we'll be in a better place to do it then. You just... it. You know, we all know it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way at all. And you just have to capitalise because City and Chelsea are only going to keep getting stronger. Um, and you can see it. You can see, you know, Man- Manchester United, Manchester United, the biggest outside of Real and Barcelona, if not punching alongside them, the biggest football club in the world, have to fight tooth and claw now to get anything in the Premier League because of City and Chelsea. Liverpool, Another one of the biggest clubs in the history of football across Europe, at least. What? They've won one league title in 30 years. And they, you know, they, you, you saw how much, I don't, I don't buy their line that it means more to them, but you saw how much it meant to them that, you know, there probably is a very real expectation again that once this Klopp era has started to fade again, they probably will go back to being that team that they were for most of the Premier League yeah. before yeah. that which is getting into the top four some years, getting not in other years, getting the odd FA Cup here and there. It's not, you know, this this Klopp era has been that throwback to that kind of 70s, 80s Liverpool that's so well known that's winning the lot here and there. But they, they can't do that consistently. Um, and so for, for Tottenham to, you, you know, okay, we can accept on one hand, we can accept the reality and the truth that Joe Lewis isn't going to invest his billions into the club like Abramovich or like Sheikh Mansour's done. He's not going to do that. And, you know, I think most of us can can accept that and see that's not the way the world works for the most part. But then at the same time, when we do have that golden opportunity that's there, and it's not going to take half a billion to turn us into a team that could potentially win the Premier League. We're talking about, you know, a couple of smart signings, but to go three windows without investing at all, and then just to almost be kind of, I don't know, resentful of the fans for feeling sort of put out by that. It's it's very hard to kind of, to really accept that and to sort of swallow what it is now. Because now it just seems like pretty much the, the what is it, you know, whatever, the... the chickens coming home to roost or whatever the expression is, you know? Like, it, you can't say this wasn't coming, you know? It, it, the, the, the painful thing is that you would expect someone as, as ruthless 
okay and 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 if if we're gonna call him astute okay as a businessman in that moment did he not have an, an epiphany i mean you don't even need an epiphany he's staring you right in the face and slapping you that did he not think we could win the the, the league title imagine what this does for the brand and the stature of the football club let me back this manager rather than just let him continue overachieving with the resources that that he's been given uh, uh, to to get the team into this position. And in that moment, if he doesn't realise that he he has the power to do that, to to truly solidify what we had, then he's never going to do it, is he? I mean, that's one way you can look at it. He's never going to be the person who's going to say, I'll go that extra step, which is quite ironic. Again, we've, we're willing to spend like, I don't know what it was, 50, 40, 50 million on Sanchez, 50 million on, um, these figures might not be correct, on uh, La Celso, 60 million on Endon Bele. When you buy a player, you're fundamentally taking a risk. Now, there should be some assessment before you're making the acquisition, no doubt. We seem to botch that up a lot because we don't seem to have this structure in place to, to truly understand what it is we're buying and, and how effective those signings will be uh, in terms of uh, the immediacy of, of, of them arriving to the club. You know, if you look at Bruno Fernandes, for example, as an example that we will forever always go back to, um, there's, there's so many things that you do as a manager, as a chairman, as a football club that are risk associated, including appointing a, a manager. You know, the, the, the Mourinho appointment was vanity-driven. And almost now when people talk, oh, he got him in because of the Amazon documentary and the profile of the club and this Champions League final, you could probably now pretty much agree that those were elements to his thinking. When he you hear him talk about Mourinho um, and how uh, kind of respectful he is and it almost like idolises him. Like like uh, Levy's a stand for for Jose, um, but for the wrong reasons. For everything that he's achieved that isn't very relevant in in the present day, and would never was never going to really match up with, with 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 what we wanted to do at Tottenham. In just in terms of what we expect as, as football supporters. But I mean, going back to the cautious way of me. Looking at Nuno, I was the complete opposite with Mourinho. I bought into it. I thought, you know what? We've tried everything. We're now bringing in the most successful modern-day manager. Let's see what he can do. I will back him. Oh, he's giving us a bit of an edge. Oh, we started the season really well. No, 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 no. I'm ignoring all the little bits that are telling me, all the, the, the signs that are saying this this isn't great. We're too reliant on, on A, and we've got no B, C, D. And then it fell apart. And he's so stubborn, and this is probably why Levy loves him, Mourinho's so stubborn, he doesn't adapt, he doesn't change, he doesn't look to, to to kind of bend his philosophy. But then when do managers change their philosophy? Why would why did we genuinely expect? I expected him to change a little bit because in my head, Tottenham's bigger than Mourinho, but obviously not in Mourinho's head um, and not in football's head either. Um, so the, 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 the whole thing is... Again, it comes down to us being reactive. You know, we stuff Liverpool 4-1. Liverpool, have a look at their squad. Right, we need the centre-back. We need this, we need this, we need this. Wallop, done. Now, it's easier for a club like Liverpool, maybe, because of the wages they can pay. But if that's what's going to hold us back, um, I guess the position that we find ourselves in as, as supporters <laughs> is... is do you consider all those other things, all the things that you were talking about, the fact that the Premier League is super rich, it has some of the richest football clubs in football, it has some of the richest squads in terms of quality, world-class uh, world quality. Um, like, what are we actually competing against? Can we, can we genuinely, right now, compete against any of them? No, probably not on paper. You, in football, you rely on, 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 on squads going through cycles, teams having dips, things happening that, 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 that kind of ruffle their feathers and allow others to take advantage. You saw that in the season that Leicester won the league. Everyone fell asleep. Everyone bottled it. The only two teams that were actually playing were, were us and them. 
and, and unfortunately, no one really was that fussed about losing to Leicester. But everybody loves beating Tottenham. Everyone loves raising their game to Tottenham. And that, that in itself is a classic Brothers Grimm fairy tale. I mean, Leicester got the Hollywood fairy tale, but we had the Brothers Grimm fairy tale yeah. where everyone fucking dies at the end. <laughs> and and, it, and it's, it's that's just... That's why I, I love Tottenham so much because, because the way I feel now, I know something good is going to come out of it. And, and, and if you ask me to, well, what do you mean, mate? It doesn't make sense. Where's the, where's the proof? Something because it happens. It always happens. And Tottenham accidentally fall back on their feet. And I think that is the crux of it, that we rely on those accidents. You know, we might sack Nuno and Ryan Mason takes over. And then suddenly, like Mason's achieving things that, go beyond our expectations and it's like Poch version 2 this ain't going to happen by the way but I'm just saying that's the kind of thing that we rely on and again maybe people listening to this or yourself or even me will just admit well that's football you know spooky mate talking to myself here you 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 just said that, that you take gambles in football with players and managers so sometimes gambles they don't pay off sometimes they do Everything is a risk, you know. Conte, Conte, um, Conte uh, we should we should have appointed him. You know, people say now in hindsight, and, and like, well, hold on a minute. Did we not all agree at the time it was just impossible? It wasn't going to work. It's just going to be worse than what we expect. Oh, I don't care. I just want to win something. Well, okay, you want to win something to the detriment of what? It's, there's no detriment. We haven't got anything in our trophy cabinet. A manager comes in and wins something. That's that's what I want. And it's like everyone wants the money shot. Everyone wants to pay off. But I don't think they're thinking of, of what it means to be Spurs. And the problem right now is I don't think any of us actually know what that is. As much as, as, much as I want to win something, I'm more inclined now to say that I want, I want us to have an identity again. I want to be able to enjoy the team in, in, in wins, draws or defeats and, and be proud. And, and again, it's that benchmark. That, that Poch set and and I, I did a pod with um there's a podcast I do with Flav called there's something about Tottenham and it's just the the episodes are meant to be timeless in that we talk about things that would kind of define us what what makes Tottenham Tottenham you know as uh, as supporters and, and and the subject we we spoke about was the past and how anchored we are look at this pod we should be worried about the future but but we've mentioned Pochettino half a dozen times um, people are now saying we should have backed him um, but you could tell at the time that he was done he needed a refresh or reboot maybe if we were really uh, progressive uh, Levy could have said take take a couple of years off I'll, I'll bring in someone for a couple of years and then come back reboot yourself what, what do you want done and again it's fantastic this shit doesn't happen in football it just does not happen you don't know what happens in two years. But my point is, the relationship degraded. Levy wanted him out. He wanted someone else in. It's what Levy does. He done it with Martin Yo. He, uh, you know, he looks at uh, making appointments. He done it with Harry Redknapp. Although Redknapp kind of shot himself in the foot with the England stuff. It's always like this next step up, and there's nothing wrong with that. He's ambitious. Believe it or not, Daniel Levy is ambitious. It, the way his his application. His delivery of that ambition is completely distorted and is at odds with what we should be doing as a football club. But you know, you can you can you can go on and on about this. I can we can we can talk about the finances. I mean, uh, there's a gooner that I was speaking to, yeah, I know, an enemy on Twitter. We're having a civil conversation. I think he was he he could he found what Tottenham are going through right now and what Arsenal went through just a just a month ago kind of resonates over the past 10 years he said like since we moved stadium it's it's been a, 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 it's been difficult it's just there hasn't been that kind of shift that they expected would, would would play out and he said it might happen to Liverpool if they if they build a new stadium that you might see them financially get tight and struggle and start kind of bending uh, the the their own rules of engagement in how they handle things and start leading with propaganda and PR and the rest of it, that maybe it's more difficult than we think it is. But, you know, we're always going to pick out moments. Why didn't you go that extra mile and pay the extra money to get him? Why did we not do this? Why did... 
it's very easy for us in in our position to do that. But right now, the 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 fragmentation in the fan base at the club, the 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 fact that you feel there's going to be another protest brewing up, you know, because that's what happens when we're not playing good football. Um, it's it's first world problems maybe for a club like us. You know, we're lucky to support Tottenham regardless of the, of the memes. But it, how many times have we had this conversation, man? Something's got to change, and the buck stops with Levy. He's never going to change. Um, it's, it's, it's difficult for all the things he does right. The fundamentals are wrong, and Tottenham right now are a reflection of of just bad management, of just not doing things correctly. The funny thing is that I think we've spoken about this before. I mean, I've definitely spoken about it with somebody on a pod somewhere at some time. It's, and it's almost like it's it's touching on what you were saying about with Pochettino, how, uh, you know, there was this, um, as the infamous tweet goes, you know, we'd like to thank Maurizio Pochettino for turning Tottenham Hotspur into the sort of club that thinks it can fire Maurizio Pochettino when we did sack him. Mm-hmm. Um, that was that was <laughs> Tom Foynes or anybody who knows him. But uh, it's... Because that, that, you know, I do buy that a bit. It's quite funny, but it's, it's almost as well, though, that... It, when I do think about because this is it, mate. I mean, like I've got I've got no clear line on anything. I I I flip flop back and forth because yeah. I am somebody that likes to. I'm not saying I'm some. Well, probably I am inadvertently saying I'm some galaxy brain nonce. But I <laughs> I tend to try and just like even stuff that challenges my own kind of knee jerk opinions and stuff. I yeah. always try to question it and kind of follow down the roots. I think it's kind of you know it's probably like uh, you know. I've read about this without going too deep on it but and stuff like that, but I've, I've often read about like, you know, the way things like anxiety can manifest, the way in which your kind of brain will go through various different scenarios and sort of catastrophize and pick through all the different parts of it. I'm often mm. very prone to doing that kind of thing when I am looking into different ideas and different thoughts and things like that. Um, I'm the same. We, we've, spoke, we've spoken about this like off air uh, quite a bit, so I, I get that. The, the whole anxiety thing, by the way, is just a defensive mechanism, isn't it? You're, you're, you're self-aware. The problem is that you can, we can, as, as, as people, take, take them to the extremes of uh, overthinking, I, I guess, and critical thinking. Um, yeah, and exactly. And so as much as I say, like, Levy's safeguarded the future of the club and all this type of thing, I also think, like, well... Actually, mate, have you have you just sort of created a brand that is too big to ever sell? If you're if you're kind of if your mm. remit was to build the club up, yeah, you bought it for a few hundred mil and sell it on for a few more hundred mil after mm. a few years. I mean, the club now apparently the asking price is what two and a half, three billion pounds. Oh wow! Yeah, okay, that's slightly more than I I thought. I mean, the stadium itself, I mean, this is the thing, you've tied yourself to an asset which is worth a billion pounds in itself. So you know that's the that's the bottom line. But then what what do you put on top of that? You know, you've got the 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 London location, you've got the fact that, you know, whatever, even if it is famous for bottling cups and whatever, it's still a famous name now. You've got a huge supporter base in America, you know in places like Australia as well. I'm sure we're growing kind of pretty much all over the world. Um, that you've, you've got this company, if your intention is to sell it, well, it's going to be difficult, isn't it? Because at the same time, for all those things that we kind of say, like, does anyone want to buy the club that isn't already winning? Like, you, you know, you don't, you don't want to buy the club for 3 billion and then think, well, I've got to spend another, if I look at what Abramovich is doing, I look at what City are doing, I've got to chuck another billion in on top of that in yeah. terms of turning around this playing squad, bringing in Nagelsmann or whoever, who by that point will be a superstar at Bayern Munich. You know, it's, well, it's what do you do here? You know, we, but, but this, this is, I think, I think, Here's here's the thing, right? It's very layered, and um, logically, or, or like if you're sensible, rather, like you just want to know that your team is maximising its potential, right? And I know that will that would 
that can be abused in in the like if you look at under Pochettino, there were still people moaning that Pochettino made mistakes at the high level in in big matches. Okay, um, and therefore he's not good enough for us. Th- those were arguments and discussions and things people said throughout his tenure, even in those t- couple of peak years, people were still critical. And that that's football. You're always going to get that. But I mean, for us, we should really be more self-aware and just say, well, hold on a minute. We're lucky to be where we are. And also we're competing against this lot who are on a different level in terms of squad rotation and the capacity to basically have world-class players on the bench that sit on the bench for most of the season, right? It's It shouldn't be a fair. It's like fighting someone in a weight division three levels up you know it just doesn't really compute so there's that awareness but we ignore that because we we get excited and and it's good to be ambitious and the club should also look at how to to push that potential further um, and get more out of it so with that in mind the fact that we are up against the likes of Chelsea and City and the rest of them I think as long as this club is with that we're in the discussion Right, we're, we're once again <laughs> we're going to the house party without an invitation <laughs> and knocking on the door, and at some point we're likely to smash the, the the kitchen window in and jump jump in and nick all the beer because we've done it. We know we can do it. It's been done. It can happen. Football sometimes doesn't play by the rules, and and also I think if you've got Champions League football, you're attracting a different caliber of player. Suddenly, the players that want to sit on the bench at City might realise I can play 50, 60 games at Tottenham and then I can get my move to Real Madrid, whatever. But the point is, it changes the dynamic. In When you're in the Champions League, for the stature of the club, the players, the mood, you've got Champions League football, the supporters are buzzing, there's an energy there and it's that energy that's missing. It's that, that, that um, possibility that we could just do something and for me, and again, people will disagree. This is why it's such a difficult conversation to have. Um, not winning anything at the end of a journey, people go, well, what, what are you going to look back on? You're going to, rem- we won nothing, we're shit. And it's like, and people done that after the Champions League final. And it was like, well, we are so different. If you, if, if you honestly feel this way about Tottenham right now, yeah, it was disappointing. And, and most of us will never recover from how disappointing that final was. Uh, we kind of blew our load in, in 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 the games before, to be fair. But you, you know, you have you just have to decide what it is about football that, that that gives you that energy, and and you can therefore share that energy out. And it and for me, it's to it's to do with that journey and that 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 understanding that we are heading towards a destination. Will we get there? We're not sure, but we're heading there. At the minute, we have just, we're not even in a fucking Uber. We're indoors, can't find our passports. We're just, we're completely just disassociated from, from what makes us Tottenham. Like in, in terms of what we want from the club in, in, in the modern day, without again anchoring to the past, it's just that we set every season, you kind of move on and you want to you wanna get better. And, you know, again, there might be fans, supporters of lower league teams thinking, fucking hell, get a load of these two. Like what they're moaning about not being able to get into the Champions League for a couple of seasons. I'm not, I'm not saying we're any better than any other football club on the planet. Everyone supports their club their club is is the biggest and best football club on the planet you know that's just the way supporters are in in terms of our existence we know we should be achieving more you know you build that stadium world-class stadium yeah it's different yeah it's not white heart lane it never will be but we can make it into something and that's up to us but we are fundamentally again fueled by what goes on on the pitch the the team has to be a reflection of the fan base. The fan base has to feed into the energy of the team and the club have to stand back and just admit that, that talking about DNA and style and having banners up about the game is about glory. No, it's not. Those those are advertising, promotional, uh, merchandise-related banners that you can sell and you can slap on a T-shirt somewhere or a mug. And meanwhile, the mugs are, 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 are all the people that follow Spurs up and down the country, <laughs> go to every game and buy all that merchandise. Because 
you know, it comes back to the fact that they know that we love the club and we will follow the club, even though we're moaning about the club, even though we're unhappy. We're always connected to it. It's impossible for us to, to just go, I've had enough. I mean, some people might have done that. And, and also all this, this is the worst I've ever experienced. It, no, it, it fucking isn't. It isn't, like, is it? It's not. It, it, it is, it's not. And I know people go, well, the levels we're at, it's by definition, I hear you. But, you know, you can look at Man United right now and imagine Spurs supporters were Man United supporters. You know, would they be moaning about the fact that that club seems to be on on the cusp of something not very good, you know? But but, they, but you know they're going to turn it around because it's Man United and they've got enough players there to be able to do that. But the, 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 every club has their own perception of what is really bad and what is what is an acceptable level and what they should be aiming for. Okay, and and I think with us, it's it's a difficult conversation because. Generally speaking, historically, we've not been that club. Um, but we need we need to we need to be in a position where we're trying to be the, the very best version of, of of what Tottenham is. And at the moment, there's just no leadership, players, manager, chairman, and 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 the fans, as per usual, Spurs Twitter is a very toxic. Um, volatile place i don't know whether it's really a representation of the whole fan base you know speaking to 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 kieran um on another podcast and and we spoke about how going away from home is like as pure of an experience that you can have they were singing harry kane's name at wolves earlier in the season when when twitter was just absolutely destroying him and it's that kind of you want that energy that togetherness to, to be back in amongst the masses and not just not just for the people that that, that, that are tucked away in the away end um yeah it's there is no answer i think man we can we we, we could talk and talk and talk and talk about this and and everybody even the people that i despise even the people that are disparaging constantly they don't have anything positive to say about tottenham ever i mean maybe in real life they do but on on, on twitter on social media, they, it's just one angle, regardless of who the manager is and what's going on. It's always just hate, hate, hate. Even they make a point that's valid in amongst all, all, all the grubby stuff. Um, and it, it, it's just all of us agreeing. Whereas at the minute, we, we just seem to be, you know, when are we going to protest? When, there's gonna, when is there going to be fan represent, representation on the board? I think the Trust might have asked for a meeting with Levy. What are they going to talk about? What, what do they expect to happen? What does Levy do right now? What does he actually do? Does he sack the manager because he's admitting he's made a mistake? Does he sack Fabio as part of that? Admit, uh, admitting that bringing the director of football and, and allowing the director of football to... Or was that the plan all along? <laughs> just blame someone else and just say it's a failed experiment. Are we going to go back to basics? Welcome Ryan Mason. And it, it just that, again, will not excite me. Ryan Mason, lovely bloke. Tactically, he's going to get outsmarted by, 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 by the best. So what are we then doing? Is he just a, a softer interim until someone's available? And who is that someone that's available? It's crazy, isn't it? There's just no one that that that, that comes to my mind as a, like who do you want, Spooky? Did, mate? Who do you want to bring in? Did you and see? I'll be like, I don't know. I don't know who the what the Graham Potter. But well, did, Potter, I was going to sound him. Did you see? Well, Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. 
Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Oh, yeah, did you see Matt Laws? I mean, if, that, if that's true, it's a big if. Everything we've gone on about here today, yeah, you know, you can throw a lot of Shea Tottenham, Levy, whoever's way, the squad's way, but. I, I, I'm I a big fan of Graham Potter, but if that is true, I don't think that's a great reflection on him either. I'm just saying. Oh, I agree. You know? I agree. I, I don't really buy into this whole Sue. Look, he knows. He knows Levy's... You know, if you're managing a club like Brighton, you you jump. And if he is going... If he's kind of headed for the very top, like a lot of people are saying he is going to, you don't turn down a job like Tottenham. doesn't matter how difficult the Kane situation might be or how difficult the chairman is. That's life at this level of football. It just is. And I, I don't buy as well, because I see a lot of this stuff. I don't buy that Tottenham are aberratively a basket case versus Arsenal, United, Liverpool, Chelsea, or even uh, Man City, but they're sort of just different. They're off on their own thing. But all of these other clubs... You know, right, if we want to bring sort of more into there, Everton or even somebody like, you know, Leicester again are pretty well run, so it's hard to kind of dig them out. That's probably two examples out of teams who we are in and around, should we say. The majority of them are all kind of rife with their own problems. They're basket cases, as I've seen Tottenham called. And the only time that they're not called that is when they're in good form. And mm. everyone goes mm-hmm. through that. At the moment, now, look, how, what was it a couple of months ago? Arsenal had been a disaster for the past decade. Arteta was one of the worst appointments, so on and so forth. Now, they've, they've won the North London derby, and immediately it's, wow, they stuck with Arteta. He has got a plan. He is taking them back. Mm-hmm. I even saw Martin Keown write a piece saying that the good times might be back at Arsenal. You know, over do, one over do, one win against an absolutely disastrous Tottenham. Team. Do me a favour, mate. What you you honestly liking this in with like the Invincibles with the Henri and all that lot? This lot, really? I mean, come on. Like they'll be still be lucky to get in the top four. But this is football. This is what we know. But all, all, all I'm saying is, my my main thing is like, yeah, you can criticise Tottenham. You can dig them out. But let's also not lose sight of the fact that we are more attuned to everything that's going on at Tottenham. So we feel the missteps and we feel the mistakes so much more acutely than you do when you see all the certain different little things. All you need to do is go down a little loophole of Liverpool Twitter or Man United Twitter and you can see they have their own factions and they have all their own shit that they go on about. These are all things that happened on, oh, we sent the team out on a tour or we let this player go off and do this commercial thing or whatever bullshit it is that fans disagree about to say that the club is either well run or not or modern football is bad or good or whatever this happens at all clubs at this level so i think to continually like beat ourselves with this idea that we are like this complete aberration that we're appalling like i mean for, it is again it is just that context of like for the majority of like my early life at least we were in the bracket with say everton Newcastle, Aston Villa. I mean, Newcastle were probably even bigger than us for a bit in the Premier League era. Yeah. But still, yeah, that kind world. of Villa, Everton, Newcastle kind of bracket. And for my money, we are the only one that has really pulled out into, again, a league of our own, really. I mean, Arsenal have probably fallen down into that league with us now. I would say we've kind of met in the middle, Arsenal and Tottenham now. Yeah, right, they've won a couple of FA Cups and stuff, but still... I would sort of group us together. Um, and, you, you, you know, all right, yeah, we've got London on our side, but whatever, at the same time, like, you know, they're still big clubs historically. You know, they've both got, they're both arguably historically bigger than Tottenham, Villa and Everton, but Spurs are where they are now. And that's a credit to what we've done. And that's a credit to the way the club's been run. So I, I just, I cannot, Again, I just I cannot buy fully into this idea that everything is appalling. Um, one thing I did want to touch on really quickly uh, as well is like Graham Potter bashing aside because you did sort of mention him um, in passing. But Harry Kane, uh, are you really buying the idea that he's he's not feeling it? That this is a manifestation of him 
having a poor attitude, not being asked? Or is it the same Harry Kane that if two seasons ago was playing this way, we would be kind of bending over backwards to say, he's just tired, he needs a break. We always know he starts the season slowly. He's probably going to end the season with at least 25 goals in all competitions. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely the latter. That never doubt Harry Kane. He's, he's proved everyone wrong. And we and the, there's a reason we back him, have backed him, is because we, we know that, you know. Uh, we, we know what he's capable of. Um, I'm not going to deny that in my gut, I feel that, and, and and you put put yourself in his shoes for a moment. He 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 is probably thinking, "What the fuck, man?" Especially as he seems very very much. Um, uh, he 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 seems to be very confident that he knows that it wasn't his fault that he didn't move on. That it was the club changing their mind or something happening. It's almost like you wait and see. You'll understand what's happened and why I'm pissed off. Right, regardless of all that. He didn't act very professional, and and I'm not going to go back back into him and his brother and everything that happened in the summer. But if his dream move collapsed, and he's stuck at Tottenham with the wrong type of manager, and he's looking around and thinking, "I I deserve better than this," it's going to impact him a little bit. Maybe in these moments, like against Arsenal, because I didn't see any leadership in that game from him. I know he's not someone. He's not like he's not he's not captain probably for that reason but you want someone who is England captain to inspire the players around yeah Son, Son was shouting. doing it yeah no, exactly this is exactly my point he, because that comes from a place uh, from his heart he, he cares enough because he loves he wants to be at Tottenham he wants to fight for Tottenham he wants to win for Tottenham Kane doesn't he and this he's a model professional book bullshit and it is to a degree yeah he's a model professional for himself he's not gonna stop scoring or or, or play poorly on purpose there's uh, there's no way he's gonna do that he's not gonna impact he's no, not with a world cup around the corner right absolutely not he will do the very best job for himself which will benefit tottenham in, in this moment now it's quite obvious he doesn't want to be here anymore but he's strong enough to just just get on with it. But he is suffering, much like many other players are suffering. You know, you know, we we have a team that cannot select a functioning midfield. You know, just players in their their best positions and uh, giving the the midfield a fluidity and a, and a sense of movement, a sense of possession. We never look like we're going to boss any game. We just haven't got any players in there that can do that. We have players individually who are good at what they do, but collectively we're not getting it right. And tactically, it was embarrassing what we what we what we did uh, uh, at the Emirates. Um, so he's looking around, and, and and it's probably affecting him a little bit more than it should. But you saw his quality in 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 Wolves in the, the cup game against Wolves, just his touch and his movement and his his finishing and just just the little things. He can still play. There's no doubt about that. But but we we Tottenham need to be a collective. Uh, but we don't know about what's going on at the club. Maybe there is a bad energy around here because of the way that he tried to move. There, there could have been discussions with people, with with friends, with teammates, or whatever. Uh, or maybe he's always been a very distant type of person. Doesn't really get involved in all the kind of social aspects. Um, once you know um, training's done and, and, and the football's done, he's a model professional. He will score twenty five thirty. He will probably give us something to shout about by the end of the season. Um, uh, but it's it's even this is a mess. We've kind of kept him against his will. And it feels like we're even going to waste the last season. It, fe- it feels this detachment I have with Kane, unfortunately, is not something I can I can control. I feel detached from him now. Yeah, same. It's strange, it, it, isn't it? It's, yeah, it, it, it is. But you know what? It I guess it happens in relationships in life with people you actually do know on a personal level, like whether whether it's your ex boyfriend, girlfriend, or whether it's it's a family member or best friend or. You know, sometimes things happen and, and you change your perspective overnight. And it change, changes the way you feel about someone. 
Um, it's it's peculiar because of everything that he's achieved and the way he's made us feel and and the way we we have fought for him for, for his name yeah, as Tottenham supporters protecting him constantly when we don't really need to he's fought with us are talking um to now feel like okay I, I know who you are what you want um I'm still going to support you but we can't be friends that that, that, <laughs> that kind of thing it's just peculiar very peculiar. Oh, mate. So I guess just in closing, because mm-hmm. I'm finding it pretty hard at the moment, mate. Like, I can't at the moment. If right, Nuno doesn't get stacks, he's still in charge. I do have that creeping, horrible, nagging feeling on my shoulder. I'm like, is this, is this one of those seasons where we just end up sort of getting sucked into the bottom half and dare I say maybe even into some sort of ugly relegation scrap here because we don't look good at the moment, mate. And for one of the sort of first times in a long time, in a long time, I'm talking like sort of death spiral AVB, Juan de Ramos type time. I, I just can't really, I haven't really got much, nothing to cling on to, nothing really that positive. Skip coming through, he's quite good. Gil, like you said, you know, he's a tidy little player, but... It just seems to be like the big hitters, the you know, Kane, the defence still. Mm. And then I also just think Larice is in the last year of his contract, if, yeah. I, if I stand correctly. Yeah. Like, that's going to be a, a nightmare to replace. Like that is going to, again, I know people can argue about kind of if he's great or not, but he's, to me, he's a solid goalkeeper. He's still one of the best in the league and, I can't see him signing on after this year, to be honest. So, where's the hope, mate? Where is it? Or is there none at the moment? I'm going to stick to something that I said at the start of the season. that I'm not going to pass judgment, even though I've, I kind of have, really, until the 10th, 15th game. Now, obviously, that doesn't mean anything in, in practical uh, in the practical world, <laughs> because we could be in the bottom half after 15 games. And and I don't fancy this team to have that much of a fight, it's, which is no doubt an exaggeration because I'm sure they would and we have enough quality never to get ourselves sucked into... And that is an arrogance. I just... I, be, I believe enough. I believe we're capable of a lot more. You know, if you play players in their best positions, stop playing Deli Alley in midfield as a box-to-box play him off the the, the, the the striker. If you're not going to play him then, you're going to play Ndombele there, put him on the bench or put the other one on the bench. Rotate them. Put them in the positions they are strong at and, and, and therefore you're, you're protecting them from their weaknesses um, and then get that midfield sorted. We have a functioning team that, that can easily, easily challenge for, that, for those like fifth and sixth, seventh positions just based on the fact that other teams have got their shit together slightly better, which means their momentum is is slightly more consistent, whereas we, we don't know what we're capable of yet. Um, so I have faith in the players. However, I also know that sometimes players stop playing for the manager to get to get him out. And if that's actually playing out at the moment, you know, if it's true, and I, and I actually had a go and I apologised to all the journalists early in the season saying stop printing bullshit and gossip, you know, you're not Hello Magazine. Share football stuff. Don't say an insider said that the players aren't warming to Nuno and all this kind of shit. If that turns out to be true, I don't know what that says about the, the, the crop of players that we've got. And, and it says a lot more about the lack of um, authority that Nuno's got, unfortunately. And that's what you need. You, you need leadership in there. Um, so... 10, 15 games, ask me the question again. And I'll be able to give you a more definitive answer. Uh, I, I really hope for the sake of all of us that something changes. And it will be quite funny revisiting this this podcast and this conversation if Nuno pulls it around. I'm deleting it's... it, mate, if he, if he does. <laughs> <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> because, well, I mean, it's, I think I'm going to have to delete everything because like, I think everybody everybody's really just gone early. But I, I think, we, rightly so, I think you, you, we're calling what we're seeing and we're not seeing enough. 
of that evidence to say, well, hold on a minute. Um, so it is messy. You see, you've asked me a simple question. I can't really answer it. And it's, and it's, I guess that's why people at the moment are getting frustrated. Uh, and, and, and I don't, I don't blame them. Um, you know, we go on to the next game and I don't know whether I'm expecting us to get anything out of it. And that, that's a struggle. You know, that that's definitely a struggle. Um, take the good with the bad, but you need that hope. You need to know things are going to change. And and, and so far, all we've had is managers and, and players admitting they should be doing better. We need more. We just need more than that. Thank you very much, mate. Thank you for uh, for giving us oh, your time pleasure, this week. Um, if anyone has enjoyed what... Uh, well, not if anyone has. I know you've enjoyed it. If you've enjoyed this podcast um, and you have enjoyed the dulcet tones of Spooky... He does have his own podcast. He does have a Patreon. Where can people sign up for that, Spooky? Uh, it's uh, Patreon. So it's patreon.com forward slash Spooky in Purgatory. Um, yeah, lo- lo- loads of podcasts. I think there's, about, there's currently four or five different uh, pieces of content that go up there, uh, audio-wise, uh, and loads of blogs and other bits and pieces. So join me. Do it. If you want to. If you don't, okay, that's fine. At Spooky23 on Twitter, if I stand. That's, that's it, isn't it? That's it, man. That's the one, yep. So Boys. You can find all the links to everything there. Just do it. Support him. Get listening to his stuff. Um, try and uh, try and see <laughs> whatever green shoots I hope we can at the moment as Tottenham fans. It's not all bad. It's not all bad. Come on. <laughs> anyway, until next time. Come on, you Spurs. Cheers, mate. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.